Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Typically in relationships, there's tension that can happen. It happens in any relationship. There's tension that always happens in in any relationship. Typically, that tension happens between, between, it, it falls between intentions and actions. The tension that we sometimes and most times have in our relationships falls between intentions and actions. In other words, what you intended to do versus what you actually did. And a lot of times when we, when we set out to say, this is what I meant to do, or, or, or the infamous, well, what had happened, uh-huh, what had happened, what, what, what happens in the middle of that is that tension. When, when, when you don't actually do what you said you were going to do, and that's from either side, either spouse, either, either person in the relationship. And so I want to jump right into this and, and talk about how we can close that gap between intentions and actions. I want to walk you through today how to close that gap between your intentions and your actions. It's going to be a very, very practical message. I promise you everything I give you today, you will be able to leave right from this door and say, oh, I can apply that to my life. Very simple things. First thing I want to share with you today is that if you think something good, say it. If you think something good, Say it. Say it. Thank you. <laughs> if you think something good, say it. You all don't have to say it, but they said it back there. Psalm of Solomon 7, 1 through 3 says this. How beautiful are your sandaled feet, O queenly maiden. Your rounded thighs are like jewels of the work, are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. If, if you recall the, the very first week we read this, he started this same conversation from her head down. Now he's working his way up. And, and what's going on, just so I can put you in the setting, she's dancing for her husband. She's entertaining. She's being free. She's just having a good time and showing out for her husband. And instead of him saying in his mind, man, she fine. As soon as this dance is over, he tells her right there on the spot. As she's moving, he's moving with her, but in words and telling her just how beautiful she is, just how perfect she is, even in her movement, even in her dancing, even in her performance unto him. She's perfect. He's thinking something good, so he says it 
Proverbs 18, 21, Solomon said this. He said the same thing. He says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Solomon said those exact words in Proverbs. He says life and death are in the, in the power of the tongue. Oftentimes when we, when, when we think something good, we hold our thoughts so we don't say something right away. And, 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 and in many cases, in many cases, we're quick to say the negative thing first. We're quick to criticize the person we love the most instead of affirming them more often. Human nature works this way, y'all, in case you didn't know. This is how human nature works. Watch this. If you don't speak something, we assume the negative. Am I right about it? Let me give you an example. If, if, if I come home from the barber, I know my fade is fresh. I know my line is perfect. If my wife does not say anything about it, I assume she didn't like my haircut. Am I right about it? If, if my wife comes home with a brand new hairdo looking fine as wine, and I don't say, wow, as soon as she comes to the door, baby, you look awesome. That hairdo, woo, you are fine. If I don't say anything right away, you don't like my hairdo. I never said that, baby. I, I was just so caught up in my work. If we don't say it, human nature says, if I don't say it, we assume the negative right away. Your spouse cooks a delicious meal, been slaving over, I mean, used fresh ingredients. Nothing came from a can or a bag. Everything was fresh right from the garden. And you eating it and you haven't said a word, haven't looked up at her to say, thank you. What do you think she thinks? I know you're enjoying it because you're killing it. You're killing the meal that she prepared. You're tearing it up. It's obvious, you know, to you. But to her, it's like, it's nasty, isn't it? Is it too salty? Did I not season it enough? And it's like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm going in. Let my actions speak for me. Am I right about it? If you think something good, say it. If she looks good, pause. But whoa, hold on. Let me just store this in my memory for later on because I want to, as I go about my day, I want to keep this vision of you in my head. I might even just call you just to say thank you because I'm thinking about you. Matter of fact, let me take a picture of it. Huh? If we think something good, say it. Oh, this meal is delicious, baby. You know what? First, let me say thank you for slaving over this meal. But um, oh, my goodness, I don't get this saying. I really don't. It never made sense to me. But y'all know what I'm going to say. You put your foot in it. Since when does a foot taste good? I don't know. But anyhow, that's not discernment. <laughs> really compliment him. Say something to him or her. If your husband, watch this. Remember I said some weeks ago. That it's a fallacy that they say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Y'all have heard that before, right? That's a lie. Don't say it again. We're going to kill that today. The way to a man's heart is through his ego. I don't know a man in here whose love language is not words of affirmation. In other words, if your man takes out the trash, you need to make him feel like he's the best trash taker out in the world. Nobody grabs that bag like you do, baby. The way you lift it up and you don't leave a single piece of trash on the floor. Woo! Don't nobody lift trash like you, baby. And I promise you, he'll be looking through the house for more trash to take out just because. And then don't let him clean the house. 
oh my goodness, if he cleans the house and he does a great job and, and it's smelling good, he even puts the little powder in the carpet and, and vacuum. Oh, if you tell him he did a great job, you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to build one with his own hands. He's like, whoa, if I clean the house, I get that response. Heck, what will happen if I build a house for her? And he never lifted a hammer. If you speak to a man's eagle, you got him. If you tell him how great he is, you got him. Now, I get it. Some things, you know, me and my wife had this discussion the other day. Uh, I said, I never want to be known as a good dad. I'm just a dad. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in this good dad, bad dad. Da, 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 da. I don't want this thing a good husband. No, I'm a husband. If I'm, if I'm doing my job, there's no such thing as good. If I'm not doing my job, I'm bad, but I'm never good if I'm doing my job as a husband or a father. But, and, and so we had this discussion. She says, you know, I says, you know, I, I would love to be, you know, I would love to know that, that you appreciate what I do around here sometimes. She says, why do you want credit for doing what you're supposed to do? I says, no, 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 no. I don't want credit, but it's okay to acknowledge it. And I'm telling you all the same thing. You want to keep your man happy? Just acknowledge the stuff he does, no matter how big or small. Matter of fact, if you acknowledge the small stuff, that matters way more than the big stuff, the small things. And, and men, if you just spend just a little bit more time just really, really, really filling your wife's love tank, you know, flowers, I, you know, every woman is different. Flowers may work, flowers may not. Poetry may work, may not. But you know what really works? When you help put the kids to bed at night. You know what really works? When you cook a meal. Ooh. You know what really works? When you fix something around the house and she don't have to call nobody. You know what really, really works? Let me tell you what really works. Y'all, y'all going to love this. When, when, when her tank, her gas tank in her car is empty and you notice it and you drive her car to get gas for her. She don't have to get in the car and pump gas on Amen this morning. Amen. 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 Listen, he, he, he's speaking to her. He's, he's saying he's thinking some good things, and he doesn't wait till later. He gives it to her right then and there. He even says in Song of Solomon 7, 5, Your head is majestic as Mount Carmel, and, and, and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive. He's like, baby, I am stuck. I am a prisoner of your beauty in this moment. I'm held captive by just the locks on your hair. Ooh, man, I dare y'all try some of that. Practice that tonight. Practice that tonight. Practice that tonight once you get the kids to bed. I guarantee you'll send me a text saying, brother, that worked. Amen, somebody. Amen. Listen, the second thing, the second thing is if you think something special, if you think something special, do it. If you think something special, do it. Do it. Do it. Watch this. There are two special acts that you can do. The first one is purposeful time. Purposeful time, meaning it's intentional. It's time that you get away for a purpose with your spouse, with your mate. It's purposeful time. Watch this. Song of Solomon 7:11 says this. Come, my love, let us go out to the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers. 
There's no guessing here. They're getting away. They're, they're, they're going away. They, they're, they're leaving everything behind. He is stepping away from, from being king for a moment. He's stepping away from his other wives because you all know song, uh, that Solomon had several wives and, and, and concubines and some other things happening. On. But, but, but in this moment, it's all about them. And they're going to get away, intentionally get away from everything, from, from, from work, from family, from friends, from the kids. Sometimes you have to do that. Me and my wife, we go uh, to conferences together every now and again. And intentionally, we look at the schedule in advance and say, you know what? We don't need that lesson. Let's spend the day together. And all we do is spend a day together. And we have a couple rules. We cannot talk about church. Church is my job. We cannot talk about the kids. That's our job. We love the kids. We love our, I love what I do for a living. I love my kids. We can only talk about us. We can only have intimate and deep conversation about us, about life. Now, sometimes that leads to the kids. For instance, if we're having a deep conversation and I begin to talk about some of my concerns or my fears or, or some of my anxiety, well, that could be coming from the children. It could be coming from church. It could be coming from work. It could be coming from any of those things. So it leads to that. But the point is we get the intimate conversation. One, me and my wife play this one game. I love it. When we go to restaurants, and I've told you all this, we go to restaurants uh, when we, you know, we, we see other couples and other people there, we, we play the guessing game. You know, I wonder how many kids they got, or I wonder what's going on. And if you see a, a girl do her hair like this, I wonder what he did. <laughs> right? We play, I'll tell you, when you're playing this little game like that, you never notice how long it takes the waiter or the waitress to come back. You're never fidgeting about something or, 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 or whatever the case may be. We spend that time laughing. Oh, my good. Parents, people who've been married for a long time, you know the feeling. You forget how fun your spouse is because you get caught up in day-to-day life. It's, it's, it's like your program, work, school. Drop the kids off, you pick the kids up. Then after that, extracurricular activities. Then we got this, then we got that. Then on Sunday morning, we got church today. Then it starts all over on Monday. It's, it's repetitious. And in that time, you haven't laughed because you're on a schedule. It's such a beautiful thing when you intentionally get away with your spouse and y'all start like cracking jokes and bugging out, saying silly stuff, picking on other people that don't know that you're picking on them. You know what I mean? It's so funny. The way y'all laughing is the way we laugh. And then, you know, then we and then we continue it on later on. We just have more conversation and laughing in the bed. That was so funny what you said intentional time together and this is what they did purposeful time a lot of people love to go to movies my wife and I I didn't agree with the rule at first but I I understand it now we don't one of our rules is when we go on a date we can't go to the movies I'm like why not I mean I love movies I love them could watch them all day long but my wife is like if we're at the movies we can't have conversation and I was like, oh, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. So then I tried to flip it. I said, well, maybe we go to the movies, and then afterward, we can talk. She's like, yeah, but we have to pay a babysitter about six hours. I'm like, yeah, so that's a lot of money. Okay, cool. No movies. Because when you start doing the math, the movies are now like 60 bucks. That's before popcorn, you know? So we don't go to movies. We just, we won't. That's, we, I promise you, I think we've gone to the movies once or twice 
in the 12 years we've been together. We go to restaurants, we go to the park, we go to museums. I just found out there's a new uh, ex um, uh, exhibit of Romare Bearden, my favorite Harlem Renaissance artist over at Hyde Museum and Gordon Parks. You need to see it if you can. We're going to go there on a date and hang out, you know. It's, 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 it's just intentional time away so that we can enjoy each other. Amen? And you guys have to do that. Here's what I know. Everybody schedules stuff that's important. Am I right about it? If you got a doctor's appointment, I, I guarantee it makes your calendar. Huh? If, if you have an important meeting, I guarantee it makes the calendar. But there's no other time more important than time with your spouse. So why not calendar that? Why not calendar? I know we all get busy, but why not put it on the calendar and say, you know what, baby? I'm free Wednesday afternoon. Are you free Wednesday afternoon? I just want to talk. Nothing. I just want to talk. I want us to laugh. I just want to have a conversation with you. I just want to know how are you? How are you? Like, really? How are you? You're with the kids. You're at work. How are you? And I want to schedule time to get that, that information. Do you know what that would mean to your wife? Oh, my goodness. You just blew her socks off. You are intentionally scheduling time for her or vice versa. Here, here's the second thing I want to share with you. Two special acts, one purposeful time. Here's the second one, thoughtful acts, thoughtful acts, thoughtful acts. She says in Song of Solomon 7:13, there the mandrakes give off their fragrances and the finest fruits are out, are at our door. New delights as well as old, which I have saved for you, my lover. Kids, uh, cover the baby's ears. I got to, this is a little bit, uh, up there. Can I tell you what's about to happen here? I'm, I'm serious. You got to cover the baby's ears. She's initiating. <laughs> boom, boom. She's initiating it. Wow. She's starting it. She is the, she's taking charge. She's saying, listen, I'm going to do everything we did before. Plus some new things tonight, honey. I promise you, I'm not make this is scripture. This is in the very Bible you read. If you read it, it's in there. Her thought, it's a thoughtful act for him because that's what he wants. You initiated. When you initiated, you're saying to him, you are who I desire. Nobody else. I've got eyes only for you and I want you. There's nothing more powerful than, than a woman saying to her, man, I want you. A man hears that, oh, my God. You talk about the S on your chest? That brother's chest is way out there like, <laughs> yeah, baby, you want me? Cape is flying in the background. He's going to pose for a little bit. He feels powerful. He feels desired. He feels appreciated. In that small phrase, there's so many things he feels. You have just affirmed him like never before. You've made him feel great. And here she is initiating it, saying to him, tonight is going down. In case you didn't know, mandrakes were an aphrodisiac. It's a fruit, but it was an aphrodisiac. The fact that she used that is telling you what her intentions are. Mandrakes were an aphrodisiac. That's, that's special. The, the thing here is this. It doesn't have to be sexual in nature. It could be something as simple as just doing something, a random act of kindness for your spouse. My wife, if you guys have 
not read this book, I highly recommend it. The Five Love Languages. Okay? Now, now I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm words of affirmation all day long. My, I'm telling you, I can have a bad day. If my wife just says something good about me, if she tells me later on in the day, oh, man, you preached. I'm like, yeah, I want to preach some more. I want to preach to the nations. You know, I'm excited. My wife's love language is acts of kindness or, 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 or acts of kindness and quality time. Not acts of kindness, uh, uh, acts, I forget it. Anyway, it's acts of service. There it is. Her gifts is, is acts of service and quality time. Now, what does that mean? Anytime, listen, because this is not my normal thing. And I'm just going to tell y'all this. Anytime I wash the dishes, oh my goodness, she is so happy. But I intentionally don't do them all the time so I can have some reserves. Yeah. So when I do it, it's going to always be special. Yeah, that's why I don't tell her I said that. Oh, hey, honey, she's back there. Listen, acts of service anytime I do something for her. But do you know I discovered the other day that that somewhere in there I like acts of service or thoughtful acts? So, James, you don't know this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. Your wife, who's a phenomenal singer, was by the house during our rehearsal, and she told me how you love the lemon Oreos. And I says, what? She says, he goes through a pack a week. I was like, nah, they can't be that good. So, you know, when you tell somebody something like that, I'm curious now. So, James, I went to Kroger looking for the red velvet Oreos, which I cannot find yet, and the lemon Oreos, which I found. And James, I go through about a pack a week as well, sir. And it's your fault. But my wife knows that I have this new addiction to lemon Oreos. And without me asking her, she went to the supermarket and came back and we were unpacking groceries. And she says, look what I got you. I was like, oh, lemon Oreos. It means a big deal to me. Because lemon Oreos and warm milk at night helps me sleep. Thank you, James. Thoughtful acts. They don't have to be a big deal, but something that, that, that minute is a big deal to us. And I can't express how wonderful that is. Acts, thoughtful acts. Do something nice for your wife. Rub her shoulders sometime without, watch this, without expecting anything else. Just let me rub your shoulders. No, I don't want anything beyond this. I just want to rub your shoulders. Can I, can, I, can I do a massage temple for you? That's all I want to do. I want to make you feel good today. Amen? Y'all getting some of this? Am I helping you today? I'm helping myself for sure. Amen. Third thing that you can do that you need to do here. Watch this. If you want something different, be it. If you want something different, be the thing you want. Be it. You want a different marriage? You want a, you want a, you want a different situation? Be it. You want, you, want, you, know, you want that perfect thing? For the record, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. If you see a perfect marriage, you see a perfect lie. Okay? I'm just going to say that. All marriages have flaws. All marriages have tension. It's designed that way. It's designed. There's no such thing as a perfect anything. There was only one perfect person. That was Jesus. Right? Sinless, blameless. Nothing is perfect here on earth. Marriages, relationships, none of that. Nothing is perfect here on earth. But if you want something different, 
Be it. If you want something different in your marriage, don't demand your spouse. Don't demand your spouse to be different. You be different. We can't control the variables of life. Neither can we control the variables in relationships. The only thing that we can control is our perspective. That's the truth. We can't control what life gives us. Only thing that we can control is how we handle what life gives us. All right? We can't control that. If you want something different, don't demand your spouse to be the difference. You be different. You be different. If you don't like what you're getting in your marriage, watch this. Look at what you're giving in your marriage. If you don't like what you're getting, you need to examine what you're giving. Perhaps you're not giving enough. Huh? That's, that's, that's powerful. Somebody will get that. Here's the other thing. We don't get into a covenant relationship to get something. We get into a relationship because we're whole enough to give something. We don't get into marriage because we want to get something. I don't, we don't get married because, oh, I want, I want, to, I want to get a woman that, 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 that cooks for me, that cleans me, or uh, that makes pretty babies with me. I think, you know, she got good hair, I got good hair, or, well, you know, all these different things, scenarios we get into relationships for. We don't do that to get something. We get into a covenant bond to give something. And a perfect marriage is two flawed people that give 100% each. There's no 50-50. Y'all do realize that, right? There's no such thing as you give 50, I'm going to give 50, and together we have 100. No. A perfect marriage is two flawed people giving 100% from both of you. That's a perfect marriage. A perfect marriage is flawed. (laughs) It's a flawed marriage. And you have to be whole enough to where you're not expecting anything, but you're whole enough to give everything. I give you completely me. When, you, when, when, we, when we say our vows and make the commitment before God to stick with this person till death do we part. So often I've done so many weddings and, and, and we, we get to that. And I kind of pause, you know, when we do the rehearsals and, and when I meet with couples and counsel and in coaching sessions before marriage. And I, we get to that and I says, let's talk about this. Do you really understand what you're getting into? Till death do you part. Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, I get it. No, do you really get it? In other words, if your husband takes your savings and invests in a business that will benefit you and the business fails and you guys don't have any money, can you still work through that till death do us part? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. If your wife commits adultery... Can you live through that? Yeah. Uh, what? You mean my wife cheated? Yes. Can, can, is, is it still till death do us part? If your spouse has an addiction that, that can be healed with love and affection and counsel, do you just dip? Or is it still till death do us part. When I begin to ask these questions, it begins to get real. They begin to think about it. Really? You mean, I really have to consider it? Yes, you have to consider those things because when you make, this is not a contract. See, contracts have an ending date. There's a term. Contracts are terms. Covenants are not. 
It's literally, the term is, till death do we separate. Now, here's the key, though. Both parties have to be willing. Both parties have to be willing. I know that both parties on that special day when you got married says, hey, till death do we part. Because that was what they were supposed to say. That was what the preacher said, and so we have to repeat that. (laughs) But I always pause on that. And if there's any doubt in that moment, I ask them, let's reconsider. What is your challenge with this? What are you struggling with? Because here's what you got to understand. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage, and you're going to make mistakes. The mistake that your husband make or the mistake that you make may not be something as detrimental as that. But there's certainly possibility because as long as we're on this side of heaven, we're all going to make mistakes. Am I right about it? We're all going to make mistakes. And only God can judge how big or small that mistake is. Till death do we part. That's something to seriously consider. And so here it is. (laughs) Here it is. He says to her, Song of Solomon 8, 6 and 7. She says, place me like a seal over your heart. Like a seal on your arm. Can I tell you what the seal represents? It represents ownership. I want people to know that I belong exclusively to you. And you exclusively to me. Place that on my heart and my arm. The heart is the internal thing so that I know without a shadow of a doubt that you and I are it, baby. There's no other. The arm is so that the world knows that it's it's me and you against the world, not the world against us. It's me and you against the world. I want to publicly and privately know, I want you to know that it's just you and I. And so she says, for love is as strong as death. It is jealousy. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. In other words, love is forever. It's, it's something you can't buy. It's something you can't purchase. It's something that is freely given. Watch this. I'll go a little further. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flyer, fire. There's another kind. There's another translation that says this. The flashes thereof are flashes of fire, the very flame of Jehovah. The very flame of God himself. That's how powerful this love is. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench nor cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. The energy of jealousy moves to protect an exclusive relationship such as that between God and his people. So when she's describing this kind of love, what she's saying is it's a godly love that nothing can separate except death itself. And that is the way we should love our spouses. So when we say these words, till death separates us, it means literally there is nothing that the world can throw at us that we can't overcome through the power of God. 
Nothing can separate us. Any trial, any tribulation, any issue, any challenge, any slander, whatever it is, nothing will separate us because even the word says nothing can separate you from the love of God. And if nothing can separate you, not even death can separate you from the love of God. That's the same type of love that God is expecting from us toward our spouses. This is why she uses these words. These are not just metaphors. She's really trying to say that my love for you is like God's love for us. It's infinite. That's powerful. It's infinite and nothing can penetrate it. Here's what I'm going to say, and then we're going to wrap it up right here. Whether you're married, thinking about being married, whatever you, wherever you are, today I urge you to choose to love your spouse like God loves his church. Do you know he calls his church his bride? And do you think that he would ever divorce his bride? Think about it. All the mess that we've caused in this relationship between us and God, has he divorced us yet? You don't have to answer because we already know that. All the mess, all the turmoil, all the heartache, all of the shallow prayers that we've given to God, has he turned his back on us yet? No. And we have to have that same love for our spouse, that same way. It's unconditional. They shouldn't have to do anything to receive it. It's freely given. So what? She didn't cook tonight. You still love her. So what? He forgot to take the trash out. You still love him. So what? He may have an addiction or maybe struggling through some stuff. He's not perfect. So what? She don't dress up the way you want her to all the time. So what? She still deserves the godly love that God extends to you and I every day that we miss the mark. Amen. Amen. I'm going to release y'all now. (laughs) So here it is. Recap real quick. Recap real quick. If you think something good, say it. If you think something special, don't procrastinate. Do it. Don't let money be the issue. I know a lot of times you, you may be thinking Bahamas, but maybe not Bahamas. Just play some Caribbean music and y'all go to Piedmont Park. She'll appreciate it either way. I promise you. And stop by uh, Rob's uh, Jamaican Jerk Shack. Man, y'all, y'all there. Y'all there. It's the experience that she wants. And finally, <laughs> finally, my final point is this. If you want something different, be it want something different, be it. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday 
mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.